0: We got the track dry. It's time to start the show. Time to race fried lobster. Let's crank the engines in New Hampshire.
1: Good too early.
2: Oh, we got another car in the wall. Almendinger backed it in. And you guys talked about how slick this racetrack was going to be to start. And we have a new leader, Martin Truett Jr. Another playoff point, another stage win. F41's no joke today, guys. When Kurt Busch is on his game, he will not let you beat him. The ball out
1: deep into the corner. Slide job. There he is. Now he's got. Chase Elliott gets that stage win and that very important playoff point.
2: That you're watching two of the best in the
1: series. Oh, there it is.
3: Contact.
2: Oh, 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 he puts him out of the groove oh, there. Oh, man. It's Kevin Harvick in the Ford car coming back and winning at New Hampshire.
3: Welcome to NASCAR America, presented by Mobile One, Chris Devota, alongside Kyle Petty and Nate Ryan. You yes. guys were both here in the studio yesterday. And let me just say, a four-hour rainfill pre-race show without Kyle Petty's sarcasm oh. during commercial breaks feels like, well, more than four hours.
2: Nate got all my sarcasm yeah, you should, Yes, you Nate were deprived of it, but yes. Yes. I was not. I yes. got to
1: hear all of the snide remarks and snarky <laughs> comments.
2: And there were plenty
1: of them, people, plenty <laughs> of them. All the way through the race, not just <laughs> the pre race. Yeah. So,
3: you guys watching that, you were together watching those kind of closing laps, and what was going You're like, hey, we kind of knew this was was probably going to come.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could sense it yeah. building, certainly. Uh, pretty much from the, the, the final pit stop sequence yeah. on, I think you felt like it was going to be a Bush Harvick battle.
2: Yeah, and, and yeah, New Hampshire's always been one of those races that. Whether it's weather, whether it's because it's hot, whether it's because it's cold, doesn't make any difference. How it starts is never how it ends. There's so many different changes and so many different players that come and go during the race.
3: I thought of this because we we weren't on our Peacock Pit Box because we were upstairs in the booth because of the weather. So technically, we did get kicked out of Victory Lane at New Hampshire once again. Yes,
2: once again, my girl has been kicked out of Victory Lane. Uh, A big shout-out to all of
3: the NASCAR fans (laughs) in New England. They waited out the weather and we're rewarded for it with a finish of that race let's take a look at some of the highlights you saw some of that there uh in the in the show open it's so good let's show you again delayed over three hours the green flag finally dropped around 4:15, and that gave us plenty of time to have some fun uh clint boyer i mean when he's involved you know it's going to be crazy alex Almarola over there on the side he really yes. stole the show and then Rutledge Wood stole a car. How much is that worth, Kyle?
2: I have no idea. It's a like, couple of Paninis, I think. A couple Seven of figures. Paninis. <laughs> yeah. That's
3: crazy. The Pagani. Oh, my
2: goodness. Oh. So this
3: race uh, definitely had uh, its share of twists and turns. Uh, Martin Truex, though, out front early. Kyle. Yes.
2: This is after the competition caution. Jimmy Johnson and Chad made a call uh, in that first segment, the first 20 or 30 laps to pit. So they were up front. But uh, Martin Truex drives his way back to the front. Uh, to win the first segment.
3: Okay, so let's go to stage two. And Nate, Chase Elliott, we really haven't gotten to to talk about him up front.
2: Nor Hendrick
1: Motorsports, his team, Krista, and this was the first stage win of the season for Hendrick Motorsports. First stage win for Chase Elliott since last September at Chicagoland Speedway. So maybe they're finally getting the handle on that Camaro.
3: And you can see the crowd's reaction to see that number nine up front so chase elliott wins stage two the final stage though would be all about stuart haas racing really all four of those drivers involved kurt bush in the 41 got the lead early in the stage eric almirola is coming he moved up to second and eventually would pass kurt bush kurt Busch, you guys led 94 laps
2: yeah, that's that that is amazing i i think we've seen a lot of great races from stuart haas racing uh, with Kevin Harvick, uh, but to see Eric run up front and to see Kurt Busch run up front. Uh, but here we have Clint Boyer with a little bit of an issue, brings out a caution that his teammate, Eric Almirola, who who is driving away from the field at this point in time during the race, did not need. The leaders come to pit road, uh, and we see here on the split screen, Eric's pit stop was about a second slower than Kyle Busch's, he comes in leading, he leaves in the third position, now he's got to make it up, positions himself on this restart. Uh, but yeah, let me restart. say, yeah, the restart here—he was that little band from Texas asleep at the wheel. They just drove off and left him on this restart, and that's where his race went away.
3: I don't even know that band.
2: Yeah, it's so a great yeah. band. It so is a great band.
3: Again, so 18 and four, two of the big three battling down the stretch, um, and you kind of knew Nate that this was coming.
2: Yeah,
1: they have had their one-on-one battles here in the past. Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick, Krista. Last time this happened was Pocono last year, where actually the reverse. Kyle Busch bumped Kevin Harvick out of the way. This time, turnabout was fair play.
3: And we're going to talk about that a little bit coming up. Just this 18-4 and four and kind of their history as we see it again. This is how Kevin Harvick gets the win. Uh, it was his sixth win of the year, so Kyle Busch has to settle for another second-place finish. Um, but Martin Truex was in the, in the mix, too, really. So it's the big three once again. You see Kyle Busch and the disappointment. Again, all these guys have a ton of wins. They know they're in the playoffs, but they just want to keep one-upping each other. If, if one gets... Uh, a playoff point which here Kevin Harvick gets those five uh, all-important playoff points by winning the race so again the big three they made up three of the top four finishers Eric Almirola's third should feel good Uh, He's going to tell us why it doesn't. Chase Elliott completed the top five. Ryan Newman with a season-best six. Look at that. Jimmy Johnson in 10th. That's definitely notable. Let's look at some others. Alex Bowman, who holds the last playoff spot, put some ground between himself and the cut line with an 11th place finish. But after Sunday's race, all eyes were on Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch to see their reactions after battling for the
0: win. Walk me through the mentality of the move on the 18.
1: Well I just didn't know if I was going to get there again and, and um, you know felt like that was my best opportunity to do what I had to do to win I didn't want to wreck him but I, I didn't want to waste a bunch of time behind him.
0: When you make a move like that do you ever worry about future and it may be coming back to you Kevin
1: well I mean you do and, and you you you, uh, you worry about that stuff later it's not not as I wrecked him you know it's the same thing as Chicago
0: I, I think the winner these fans I mean we're literally eight feet from the fans here. How about that show you put on for them? Yeah, just want to thank all the fans for sticking it out in the rain
1: today, and uh, what a great race today! Just thanks everybody from Foxwood and everybody from New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Appreciate it. Awesome day. You know it's racing. We uh, we had a really really poor performance today. Our Interstate Batteries Camry just wasn't there. Uh, wasn't there all weekend. We kept fighting the same things all weekend long, and. We can never make any gains on it all through practice, and we kind of struggle with it through the race. And uh, Adam made some some really really good calls, some really good adjustments to uh, to just try to keep improving on it. My pit crew was flawless; uh, they gained us all those spots on pit road to get us out front, to get us in that position, to have a shot to go after the win. And um, you know, we, we controlled the restart and drove away by a little bit, but we weren't the best car in the long run. All them SHR cars were really really good today; they were all fast, so it was going to be hard to hold them off. And I was just kind of backing up and. And, um, you know, three, four, five corners in a row. And with a faster car, I'm not sure you had to do it, but he did. It's fine. um, How you race is how you get raced, so it's fine.
3: Hmm. Payback in the playoffs, we shall see right now is Kevin Harvick atop the playoff leaderboard with six wins, 32 playoff points. However, Kyle Busch is leading the overall standings and 15, remember, playoff points will be awarded to the regular season champion so let's kind of dive into this subject uh Kurt, or kyle bush and kevin harvick when kyle bush said you race a driver how he races you was he thinking back to some of his issues and some of these issues they've had or looking ahead
2: both both i think i i, I do think both i think and and i've said it before i think that as a driver you have a book on other drivers. You know how they race you on a regular basis. You know how they race you for a win. You know how they race you for fifth. You know how they race you for 20th. Uh, We've documented it here a million times. Ryan Newman is the hardest guy in the world to pass. Everyone knows how how you have to race Ryan Newman. So I think, From that perspective, all he was saying was, we've raced like this before, we'll race like this again. I'm going to remember it. That's just the way it is. Um, So I I don't think he was thinking, hey, I'm going to pay him back for this. I I don't think it was any of that. I don't don't think that's what Kyle, what the intention was. The intention, uh, the intent of what he said was, this is how we race. I'm going to race him like he races me. This is just another example of it. Right, like the paradigm has changed
1: yes. with uh, the win and you're in thing yeah. and playoff points now awarded for wins, where I think drivers are more just accepting of the fact that you're going to have to bump a guy yeah. out of the way occasionally to get the win, to get in the playoffs, or to you know, further make your standing better with yeah. those extra five points. But I will also say that you know, there was a lot of talk about Chicago, and how yeah. Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson raced there and you know Kyle Busch said essentially that made this fair made me fair game for other drivers i think it was before that i think yeah. it was bristol when he bumped Kyle Larson out of the way with six to go to get the win, very similar to what we saw yesterday yeah. at New Hampshire with Harvick and Bush. And I think yeah. that was where, you know, maybe the tone was set for how Kyle Busch was raced yesterday. Yeah. And
3: you mentioned Pocono. So there was an incident, you said, there are taking a look at Bristol. Right. Um, but you said it goes back uh, to, to the Pocono race as well. Yeah. Uh,
1: last July, Kyle Busch won at Pocono by bumping Kevin Harvick out of the way. There wasn't you know, eight laps to go in that race, but... Uh, similar situation as we see right here at Pocono last year. Uh, and Harvick wasn't upset about this. Yeah. Uh, afterward, he he took it and yeah. said, we'll move on. I don't know if he's put it ex- as succinctly as Kyle Busch did and said, hey, you race me like you get raced. But uh, I just think that another factor here is that Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick have a history where if this would have happened eight or ten years ago, yeah. Kyle, I think that there might have been yeah. more of an explosion. But these are two type A personalities who have sort of learned to coexist They put their differences aside, and that coupled with the fact that I think guys look at how you race for wins now versus the pre-playoff era. It's just different.
2: Yeah, and and I I will go on record saying this. This is maybe not all the way to the extent that we've seen in the past, but this is the early stages of a rivalry. Okay, when I look at these two, when one bumps one and the other one comes back and bumps and somebody's keeping score somewhere, even though they may not be public score, they're keeping it in their heads from wins and stuff like that. This is not what we experienced at, at Daytona and, and what, what we talked about as being a rivalry there. That was a one-off, I'm mad at everybody in the world, that type thing. But, but I, I think when you look at this, these two guys have a tremendous amount of respect for each other. They may not like each other. Right. I'm not gonna say they're best buddies. I'm not gonna say they go to dinner but they have a tremendous amount of respect. And I think when you, when you have that, and I respect what you can do in a car, I respect what you do in a car, I'm going to race you a certain way, knowing that you're going to race me that same way back. And the respect is the defining line that we have with this, I, I believe.
3: Well, and I think sort of zoning in on that word respect, if you listened to what Kevin Harvick uh, said in the media center after the race, that seemed to be sort of the underlying tone. Let's go ahead and uh, show you that now.
1: Kyle said that everybody has fair game on Kyle Bush. He said your move was fine, no harm, no foul, but he also said he thought you might take a little bit longer to try to pass him clean. So I'm curious, did you did you think about waiting till maybe two or three to go? No, or? I figured that's exactly what he was thinking. You know, <laughs> and I knew I needed to take the opportunity as early as I could get it, because I, I knew that he was, he was thinking late and, we um, needed to do it when he wasn't expecting it, because the the more opportunities to get in, in his wheelhouse, in his thought process, the the less chance that you have. He's he's that good.
3: Do you feel like Nate? That's sort of that yeah. respect. Yeah,
1: and I think we heard that in his interview with Marty Snyder as well, where Kyle, yeah. where Kevin Harvick said, it, "I, I want to take Kyle Bush by surprise." And I think usually when we think about Harvick, we think about a guy who plays mind games to get someone off their game. In this case, I think he was trying to catch Kyle Busch off guard. He was still using that mental game that Kevin Harvick's so well known for, but it really wasn't so much about manipulation, Kyle, as it was this time about just catching a guy by surprise.
2: Yeah, and how many times have we seen that 18 team have a phenomenal pit stop, put Kyle Busch in position to win a race, and he wins a race. He, He wins because he finds a way to make that car wide. He finds a way to take the air off your nose, to change your groove, to make you run his race. He's in front, but he controls the race. Kevin Harvick was saying, no. When I caught him, I'm going to control the race. I'm going to make this my race. And that would catch Kyle Bush off guard because Kyle's thinking, I got him where I want him. I'm going to keep him back there. I'll run high. I'll run low. I'll split the lanes, whatever. Kevin's like, I'm not having any of that this time. Mm-hmm. And Kevin, at that point in time in the race, had the better car. I think that's what Kyle's comment was. I thought he would wait a little longer. And if you've got that driver in front of you thinking, okay, he's not going to try me until we get to two or three laps, and you bump him five or six laps from the end – you've totally changed the game.
3: And let's not forget, Martin Truex won a stage, so he got the playoff point. Finishes in the top five, so has stage points. Like you guys said, this sort of, um, you can't rest on your laurels anymore. There's always something, there's always that carrot out there that these drivers have to go go after. And we're seeing it with, we hate to keep saying it, but the big three <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> are living up to the hype, and that's why we keep talking about them. Right,
2: They're
1: each raising their game
2: as yeah. the other one does. Okay, let's go back. Chicago, one of the big three. Kentucky, one of the big three. New Hampshire, one of the big They just keep rotating through their, their... – once I go to six – He goes to five, he goes to four, he goes to five, he goes to six. We just keep, it's one on top of the other. And we've heard Kyle Busch say it. When those other two do something, I've got to go make something happen for me. I've got to make something happen for my team. So I think we're going to continue to see that.
3: Do you feel like this is the big three today?
2: (laughs) Today, this is the big three.
3: Sorry, this is what you get. That's a little sarcasm there, people. (laughs) Still a lot of ground to cover uh, coming up on NASCAR America. Heartbreak for Eric Almirola after those late race issues cost him a shot at his first victory in over four years. We will also look at the playoff bubble. Which position is the break point? How much ground is too much to make up? We will break down the chances. Chase Elliott had his first top 10 finish at Loudon and solidified his playoff position. Elliott is a former Xfinity Series champion, and we're telling you that because Christopher Bell is hoping that is him someday. Xfinity's rising star grabbed his third win of the season, but is his future hazy?
0: NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles.
3: The Verizon IndyCar Series is on CNBC. Scott Dixon looks to stay in control of the championship at his most successful track, the Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio, Sunday at 3 Eastern on CNBC. James Hinchcliffe will look to stop Dixon at Mid-Ohio, but today he and girlfriend Becky Dalton announcing that they will be tying the knot. And from the looks on their faces to their very funny messages, they surely got a lot of laughs. Our congratulations to James and Becky. It's a great way to announce it. That's awesome. Let's get back to Sunday's race at New Hampshire. During the day, Stuart Haas teammates Kurt Busch and Eric Almirola look poised to score the win, one of them at least. But in the end, late race setbacks on pit Road for both the 41 and the 10, plus a rough restart for Almirola, cost both of them.
1: What's the feeling at the end of this one? Uh, disappointment. You, I would, you'd think I'd be really excited uh, to, to run top five and i'm not we had the best car uh hands down Uh, there's no doubt in my mind and uh, we gave it away on pit road and then i gave it away again on the restart and spun the tires on restart and didn't even give myself a fighting chance so uh just really frustrated we just chicago we had a car capable of winning we didn't execute uh today again another car capable of winning and we didn't get our smithfield ford fusion to victory lane and just frustrating so they say you gotta lose some before you win some and I feel like we've lost some now, so it's time to, to stop it and uh, and go to victory lane. The good news is we had good speed. We had good lap times, and most of the day, you know, 95% of the day we had pace to be a winner and to lead laps. So that's what I take away from a day like today where sometimes we've been glued 6th to 10th and don't have, you know, like the,
0: the power to get to, to lead laps a lot. So I'm happy with that. Pit road, I mean once in a thousand years that's going to happen and we just shouldn't have pitted on that lap and then Blaney's a good kid he wanted to let me go but then I'd have blocked him in I'm like no kid
3: go and
1: that just turned into a total disaster and then the restart I just didn't get a good restart uh,
0: behind Amarola when we were fifth so you mess up twice you're not going to win the race that's just how it works in Monster Energy Cup.
3: And we told you Kurt Busch led a ton of laps despite not winning. Eric Almirola did have his best finish at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. It marked the seventh different track this season where Almarola has posted a career best finish. And Clint Boyer, a teammate, posted this tweet following Sunday's race. Sick to my stomach, feel terrible for Eric. Had something break on the left rear, was nursing it to finish, and then the right rear broke getting into the corner. It never got any worse, so I figured it was just a shock mount broke or something, and that we would be fine. So again, teammates uh, there, Nate, we don't want to place blame, but if you are If you were going to point fingers, um, do you point them towards Boyer?
1: I I don't think so. I I understand why he wanted to. You know, he felt culpable because the team knew something was broken. They're in the playoffs already with two wins. They're not really racing for anything at that point. I understand like why they feel guilty about. Geez, if we pitted, the caution doesn't come out. But the caution could have come out 20 laps earlier when Stenhouse hit the wall. It could have come out after the Boyer caution. I don't think you focus so much as on the circumstances as you do on the execution. And the circumstances created a situation where. Almirola's team didn't execute. The, the pit crew no. lost him two spots in the pits. And then on that restart, as Kyle so aptly put it, um, Almirola was not quite up on the wheel. He wasn't on his game. And if you're going to be a championship team, you have to respond regardless of what the circumstances are.
2: Yeah, and, and, and Kurt went the same way. We see the, the pit stop here. It's it's just a touch slow. Just a touch, and, and, but, Listen, a touch on pit yep. road is a football field on the racetrack. It's hundred yards, it seems like, sometimes. But, but I think Kurt put it perfectly, where he said, you mess up twice, you're not gonna cover at the recover at this level. And these the, here's two teams. We're talking the 41 of Kurt Bush and the 10 of Eric Amarola. Both teams made two mistakes that took them took the opportunity to win. I'm gonna say this about Eric. Um, I, I think Eric is obviously Eric's having a career year. Um This is not a position he's been in a lot during his career. He said, they say you have to lose some before you win some. I don't believe that, but I I do understand what it means. What it means is you've got to put yourself in position so you learn from your mistakes, so you learn. He should be learning, that team should be learning from these mistakes because he is putting himself in position week in and week out to be a contender, to be the next guy who can win two or three races a year for the next two or three years. Mm -hmm. And I think he's done a phenomenal job, but I do at the same time think that some of the things that are happening are self-induced for this team, for this 10 team.
3: Well, you said having a great year. And by the way, I Googled the band is from, they were did you know they were (laughs) formed in Paw Paw, West Virginia?
2: There you go. I know that. So this is what She's we do. She's still on asleep at the wheel. I don't know what the problem is. He's never heard of Ray Benson. I, this is killing me.
3: Let's, let's take a look at the playoff leader. We weren't together all weekend, so I have to get all this in. Uh, let's take a look at the playoff leaderboard. All four of the Stuart Haas Racing drivers are currently in. That's the only team with four drivers in right now. And As you look at the playoff bubble, it was a good day for Alex Bowman. He started the day nine points up on Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He's now 28. Let's hear from those two drivers.
1: We just got way too tight. Uh, throughout the whole day and uh, the last couple changes were everything it had uh, maxed out on every adjustment we had, rear brake, track bar, all of it, and I guess got to 11th. So um, proud of my Nationwide 88 guys for, for digging all day and getting the car better because it was a pretty miserable day for the most part and could have been a whole lot worse than 11th. Our all Ford was uh, really good. Brown had a really good strategy there at the beginning to pit and then you know we almost got a couple stage points there so uh you know brian's always good at the strategies uh he made our car better all weekend and i can't complain with how it was driving i felt like we were in the the right position uh for for most of the race in front of the guys that we were racing and and well in front of them and and competing for you know i felt like a 12th to 15th place finish kind of like we were hoping for but Uh, in the end it didn't come down to that blew that right front and uh, then just kind of rode around after that so uh, we'll continue to fight Um, you know you saw last week anything can happen in these races Uh, we'll just continue to plug along and uh, keep putting ourselves in the best position we can
3: all right, Nate, how many drivers, I was just looking at the playoff leaderboard, how many Always drivers two. have a legitimate shot?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, you go to the cut line right now is Alex Bowman's right above it. I think you look at Stenhouse right behind him, uh, 28 points in arrears, and then you look at Paul Menard, one point behind that, and then it's, it's a pretty big drop back to Newman. So I feel like that's it. I mean, a- after Menard, I'd be surprised if Newman or Suarez can get in via points. Maybe they get a miracle victory here yeah. in the next six races, but... To me right now, it's it, it really ends at, at Paul Menard in terms of guys who are making it on points.
2: Yeah, and, and I would probably agree with that. I, I think we've seen Chase Elliott and Jimmy, they were a lot closer to, the, to that cut line. They've kind of distanced themselves a little bit. We saw Menard pick up 31 points last week, which was a huge gain. But now we're getting down to very few races left. And if you can pick up four or five points a race, three or four points a race, remember, those guys basically are just racing each other. If if Menard is running with with Bowman or uh, Stenhouse, all I've got to do is finish right behind you, and I'm safe. I don't I don't have to beat you by 10 positions. And you're going to stay and, on that team strategy, and, yeah, to like, And I'm a, it. yeah. yeah. But we're we're just going to do some. We're we're going to race safely. Right. We're going to race conservative. Right. We're just racing this group. Um, so it's a totally different game that they're playing right now. Now as we go to some other places like Watkins Glen and stuff, we're going to see that 47 team uh, of of AJ Amendinger, they can leapfrog everybody when I, go ahead and win races and, and take off, and that changes everything for all these guys.
3: So Ryan Newman, let's let's focus on him. You say maybe he's too far out, maybe to really focus on that. And Chevrolet, it's just been such a down year for them. You can't, you know, you can look at yeah. a, a, an AJ right. Allmendinger maybe winning at Watkins yeah. Glen. Is there somewhere or something that maybe a, a Ryan Newman or a Daniel Suarez can do to really mix it up?
1: I mean, I feel like Newman could win at a place like Michigan, maybe, yeah. if the cautions fall right and it turns into a fuel mileage race. I mean, he got in last year. With the win at Phoenix via a strategy call by his crew chief Luke Lambert, who's who's pretty good tactically, I I think he could he could maybe get that yeah. miracle win over the next six races. and he's very experienced, obviously he's got a lot of wins in the Cup Series. Newman could do it. I mean, Suarez at this point, I know a few yeah. weeks ago. Steve Letarte and I were on the show, and Stevie was saying that Suarez can make it in on points. I, yeah. I feel like that window is has closed yeah. at this point. It's going to have to be, you know, getting his first win in his second yeah. year in the. I country.
2: think the window's closed. It may not be locked, but it's closed uh, for, for <laughs> Suarez when you when you look at it. I agree, but I, I think we have to. India is the last race, right? Right. Okay. Right. We've seen some strange things happen there, too. Yeah. Uh, from a last fuel year. mileage. Fuel yeah. mileage yeah. from fuel mileage and the weight. No thing, one thought to no. last year. Yeah. So that's a place that these guys have got to be looking at and saying anything can go there also.
3: Okay, so Chase Elliott, we feel like maybe not safely in, but he's got a good cushion yes. right now. Uh, he doesn't yet have a win, but he did make strides yesterday. However, he called them shocking. We're going to hear from Chase next.
2: Yes! Yeah. Is that yours? Yeah. You drive an old man car? <laughs> uh,
1: figures. I yep. unplugged my earphones right there, and I'm listening to them, and then I'm like, you know what, you're not saying
2: anything I want to hear right now, so I plug them back in. <laughs> What's going on, Ricky? Can you name any you didn't call? Uh, <laughs> just off the top of your head. Brad might be one. Everything you say into the microphone, they're still booing, so it's like, ugh. to eyes?
1: Hell no. <laughs> Never gonna
2: happen. <laughs> not a chance. There's two bosses I have. One of them's a female, and the other one's old. The old one said no.
1: Man, that really brings up a lot of questions. <laughs> I'm making notes. Radio.
2: Public consumption. Got it. <laughs> he took <laughs> photography classes in high school. This guy yeah. right here. Did you miss that whole thing? Yes, I just did miss that, that whole, thing? whole thing. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm a fan of myself. <laughs> right? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> We're out. You're the man. Hey, it was fun.
3: It was fun, and we'll go from a NASCAR champion to one of the sport's biggest young stars this Wednesday with Dale Jr. Tune in Wednesday to Wednesday at 5 Eastern as Chase Elliott joins the show. Speaking of Chase, he won Stage 2 yesterday and finished 5th in the race.
1: Yeah, it was a huge points day for us. Obviously, we'd love that win to not have to worry about it, but, um, you know, got 19 points between the two stages. That's 19 positions on track, and that's a lot. So. Uh, anything can happen these next few weeks, and you know to have all you can get is really important. Good day for us. I mean, Chase had a really good day, and I felt like we were gaining on it. Um, ran upwards of tenth or eleventh at times, so um, I think it's good overall. So our short track program's been been pretty solid. Not as good as we were at Richmond, but but pretty solid day. We're gonna have to have to win here soon, but uh, overall, I mean, you know, we're just gonna keep trying hard and try to get the most points we can and.
0: Try to go win one of these. Uh, fourth after day like that is uh, shows how strong our team is. Uh, but but dang it, man, I, I'd like to figure this place out a little better. It's uh, I didn't expect it to change as much as it did. I think the rain and the and the jet dryers and all that had a lot to do with it. But uh, regardless, we got to figure out how to get better when there's no VHD down.
1: I thought we had the execution today. Uh, no mistakes. You know everything was fine on pit road. But we just uh, you know once we got shuffled there in traffic uh, to about tenth or twelfth car just stopped turning, and uh, I mean, almost to the point where it's like something's broke on this thing. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a battle right now, but uh, we'll go to shop, work on it, and, and download and figure out what we need to do to uh, come back and be better.
3: All right, let's start the conversation with Denny. Kyle, this was a race, no question, Denny had circled on yeah. his calendar. Um, to come out of there without a win, and in fact, without any stage points at all, right, Nate?
2: All right, That's,
3: yeah. um, Is detrimental the right word, knowing that they're running out of opportunities?
2: It is troublesome. Okay. I, I, I'll use that word. And, and I, I guess because there, there's certain drivers and certain racetracks. When Jimmy Johnson goes to Dover and doesn't run well, doesn't, not necessarily have to win, but doesn't run well, you say, whoa, look at that Hendrick organization. Look at Jimmy Johnson. Look at Chad Gannels. When Denny Hamlin comes to this racetrack and runs like he ran yesterday, you look at it and you say, what's the problem? Especially when his teammate, Kyle Bush is out there getting points, running up front, and leading. And, and, and it's hard to put your finger on what seems to be the problem. You heard him talk about their execution. We didn't have any issues on pit road. I, I think he meant no speeding penalties, no pit stop catastrophes, because they've had all of that stuff happen to them before. But back in traffic, they just could not make their car work. They never got track position. They never got in a place they needed to be. And that starts on Thursday or Friday. Really, it starts two or three weeks ago back at the shop when you, when you really get. So what is the problem with this team? Why is he not performing up to the level uh, that, that Kyle Busch is? And I think that's a question that a lot of people are asking in the garage area and in the sport.
1: Yeah, because in the past, Kyle, it has been execution. It has yeah. been speeding penalties or yes. the career isn't quite right. But this year... It has been just straight performance. And Denny Hamlin was the defending winner of the July race at New Hampshire, and he was in the media center Friday to talk about that. And he said that this has been the toughest month that he's experienced in 14 seasons in Cup and that right now we're mediocre. You can be mediocre and make the playoffs but they really need right now a revelation like yeah. Tony Stewart had in 2011 uh, where you know they hit the playoffs and they, they flipped the switch. Yeah. Because right now, it's not just Denny. It's also Daniel Suarez. Yes. Yesterday it was Eric Jones. Kyle Busch, even though he finished second, we heard him say that like <laughs> this was a, a miserable day. Yes. Uh, the Joe Gibbs racing cars right now um, just aren't really up to snuff. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Suarez tweeted about this after the race, and Denny Hamlin retweeted it and said, I agree with you, Daniel. You know, we, we're just, there's not much to say. Wait, is that than, what that means?
3: Yeah, times, times two. two. It's okay. kind of like
1: cosine, yeah. but Got it. times yeah. two. Okay. Basically, that's Denny Hamlin <laughs> saying that, yes, Daniel Suarez, you're right. Uh, not only is my team mediocre, but apparently yours was yesterday as well, yeah. and, and we're all mediocre together. And I think, like, Denny said they have the speed. The, the Gibbs cars just haven't figured out how to set the cars up yeah. right. And if they hit on it, maybe they will get that revelation. Yeah. But right now, as he, as he said, you can be mediocre and make the playoffs, and that's where
2: they are right now. Yeah, and, and I and I agree. I, I do agree. They're they're not the Toyotas and especially the Gibbs Toyotas are not where they were last year. Are not not at that performance level. At the same time, if if I'm sitting here at the at the performance table and we're sitting there and Joe Gibbs is sitting there and we're having this conversation, Joe's pointing at Kyle and saying, right. Okay, so what's the deal, guys? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. What well, what's the deal with you three? You know what I mean? You've got and, and Kyle is a phenomenal talent. Adam Stevens is a great crew chief. And we look at that that entire organization. But they're saying, here's all my papers. You, you look at what Kyle's got. You look at what, you know, let, let's all share stuff. That's the same thing they do at Stuart, Stuart Haas. Um, and the same thing they do at Hendrick. The same thing they do at all these bigger teams like that. So I, I, I do understand that, that I can say, okay, we're not where we need to be. Things aren't working the way they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look. When you get become a driver, they give you a handbook. It's about this thick, and it's like six thousand excuses on why you didn't run good. Okay, and we all use every one of them at some point in time in our now, career. How many did you use? Every one of them, twice, <laughs> twice. <laughs> so, but I think when you get to that point, you've got to somebody's got to look in the mirror and say, okay, what do we got to do? What do we have to do? Kyle Bush is on 24/7, 365. He never thinks about it. Kyle Busch runs second, and he said, we had a really, we were really, really poor performance today. Mm-hmm. He runs second. How do you say that? You know what I mean? I understand Denny and those guys saying that, but when that guy's saying we're poor, and we're running second, that it, something's not lining up for me. Okay,
3: almost. and I don't want to put you on the spot so you could have maybe the commercial break to figure it out, but my word was detrimental okay. for Denny. Uh, his was troublesome. Troublesome. I realize that yours is going to be a lot <laughs> <Yes>. better. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Give so will give you. We'll yeah, we'll give you <laughs> it some time. When we come back, you're going to get Nate's word. We're also going to shift over to one of the other great races from the New Hampshire weekend. Christopher Bell is following a path that names like Byron and Jones have walked before him, but, and there there is a but, In fact, I'm not going to tell you what it is. You will have to stick around to find out. In June, NASCAR's big three all had their shot at Pocono, but Martin Truix Jr. won out. What will happen when the Monster Energy Cup Series returns to Long Pond, Pennsylvania? Find out Sunday at 2.30 Eastern on NBCSN. It was a great Xfinity race on Saturday afternoon at New Hampshire. Now, Brad Kozlowski won the pole, but he was late to the driver's meeting, Kyle. So he has to go to the back.
2: You got one job. (laughs) Go to the driver's meeting, people.
3: (laughs) Stage one, Christopher Bell in that number 20 would lead the field to green and go on to lead every lap. It's his fourth stage win of the year. So let's jump ahead to stage two. And Nate, we knew that we would see that yellow 22
1: yeah he made his way back up there he had well he had to make amends right as kyle said he had one job and he blew it so he had to get back in the lead and there was brad keselowski
3: yep he did a great job restarting on the outside of ryan priest so brad keselowski would hold on for the stage win priest would go on to finish third in the race uh, a hometown favorite there from berlin connecticut but in the end it was christopher bell in that 20 holding off a late charge from keselowski in that 22 and this was a great battle kyle it
2: was a great battle and and Look, the experience of Brad Keselowski, the inexperience of, of, of Christopher Bale drove a flawless race. He put that car exactly where Brad wanted his car to be, uh, and this kid's a real deal.
3: The 23-year-old from Oklahoma picks up his second straight win.
1: That's pretty special. I never dreamed I would be here at Joe Gibbs Racing. I never dreamed I'd be racing in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, honestly, but, man, I'm just proud of this entire group at Joe Gibbs Racing, this uh, number 20 team, works their butts off, and... Really happy for all of our partners at Ream, Rude, GameStop, Toyota, obviously everyone at TRD. And bottom line, I'm really thankful for Jack Irving, Tyler Gibbs, Pete Willoughby, Keith Goons. Those guys were the ones that took put their neck out on the line, Rick Ferkel as well, and Darren Rustin. So uh, those guys right there put their neck out on the line for me, and here I am today.
3: Christopher Bell's third win this season increased his playoff point total to 18 with eight races left in the regular season. He trails Daniel Hemrick by six points, in the battle for the regular season championship, which like the Cup Series rewards a driver 15 playoff points. Nate, Christopher Bell is doing everything right. He's following really a roadmap that others before him um, have. But you feel like something is different with Bell's story.
1: Well, slightly. Well, let's start with the roadmap, Krista, because I think you make a good point there. He's on a very similar pathway. If you want to find a blueprint or a template, if you look at William Byron and Eric Jones, both of them had outstanding seasons in the truck series. Then they had excellent seasons in Xfinity. And in the third year, they were in Cup. And if you, a lot of people are starting to make that leap now with Christopher Bell. He won the truck championship last year obviously is a championship favorite now in the Xfinity Series this year. What will happen next year? I talked to some uh, Joe Gibbs Racing and Toyota officials over the last couple of days, and they said the plan for Bell is probably still full-time Xfinity in 2019 and they'd like to have him in Cup in 2020. Now, here's where things get interesting, of course. There's really no place to put him if you look at Joe Gibbs Racing's four-driver lineup for 2020, I don't see any of those guys leaving at the moment, and there's no place really to park him in another car like Furniture Row Racing had with Eric Jones a couple of years ago, that car is now gone. So it's an open question as to where Bell will land, however, uh, there is another layer to this and that toyota officials have publicly said they're not going to let christopher bell get away the way that kyle larson did both kyle larson and christopher bell, christopher bell come from very similar backgrounds both dirt racers both came up racing midgets and sprint cars kyle larson was in the toyota camp they couldn't find a well-funded ride to place him in and chipkin Ganassi swooped in about yeah. six years ago and took him away and toyota officials have said they're not going to make the same mistake with Bell, but it remains to be seen. You know how will they accomplish it? we we'll, you know stay tuned.
2: Yeah. So, and how will they accomplish it? Yeah. They're going to have to put a superstar on the block somewhere. If, you, if if we just go by what they have right now, if you go by Kyle Busch or, or Denny Hamlin uh, or Daniel Suarez or, or Martin Truex and the and the Toyota drivers that they have right now. There, there is no place. There, there was no place for Chris Buescher after he won a championship. Win, there was, Listen, this, this game has played out. Jeff Gordon started this game. He was a Ford guy that ended up defecting and going to the Chevy camp. And we've seen other drivers who have been developed by manufacturers. But when that moment comes, there's no place to put them. And you can't expect a Christopher Bale, and, and let's use Kyle Larson. You can't expect a Kyle Larson, though Toyota has funded me and moved me to this place, to say, I'm gonna be loyal to you. Right. I'm gonna stay here until something opens up in six years. No, that's not gonna happen because you're wasting that part of your life and you're wasting those prime years. And and we've seen these younger drivers come in. I'm a firm believer, come to cup as quick as you can. Come as quick as you can. This is a different game. This is a totally different game than what the Xfinity or the truck is. And if you're gonna learn or if you're gonna play at this level, learn at this level. I think William Byron being at the cup level at this point Even though he's not had an exceptional year, the Chevy camp has not had it, he's exactly where he needs to be. I I, I look at at Eric Jones. We looked at him moving up so quick. He's exactly where he needs to be. I think Christopher Bell needs and deserves to be in the cup level. The problem is, with the business side of the sport, we're back to our business slash sport slash (laughs) show. What are we, and and how does this work out for him?
1: And I think there's two elements to it, Kyle. You, you, You mentioned Byron and Jones. In the case of both of them, They both were a lower salary option than the guys they were replacing. And I don't know if it was said publicly, but that had to factor in to the decisions that were being made by both Joe Gibbs Racing and Hendrick Motorsports. And when you look at the fact that the reason Kyle Larson got away was he didn't have sponsorship attached to him. Uh, And that was, you know, at that time in 2011, 2012, they couldn't find a way to make those pieces fit together. I don't think that the sponsorship landscape as it is currently and the, the way the team finances are, are, are as they are currently and the way that Christopher Bell, again, would demand yeah. a lower salary than yeah. maybe a guy he's replacing. I think like the, the climate is more conducive to him landing somewhere than maybe it was with, with Larson a few years yeah, ago. Yeah,
2: And okay. could very well be. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, we're, we're back to where, you know, and, and I hate to say it, but, you know, it's it's a mixture of talent Slash money, money that gets you right. to, the, to the place right. you need to be mm-hmm. and, and that's a sad commentary sometime on the sport because we see guys with tons of talent who never have that opportunity yep. you'd like to see guys who have that opportunity and have that talent to be able to capitalize on I would hate to see Christopher Bell just keep getting shuffled along in an Xfinity program or moved along to say next year yep. next year next year.
3: Okay, before we go to break, your word—we teased you, oh, Hetty.
2: It's not that great. I mean, it's
3: d- going to be better. D-
1: disconcerting. Oh, disconcerting. oh okay. there you go. So.
3: so, if you're just joining us, we're <laughs> we trying, we trying to define what Denny Hamlin's day was like, and I said <laughs> yeah. what detrimental, troublesome.
1: I thought That's I'd go concerning. with another D word. Yeah. That was good. But you yeah, have it. said it
3: culpable good. and paradigm in this show so far. <laughs> Keeping track. I learn I when, when I'm on. So I don't yeah. learn when I'm on. What do I learn when I'm with you? Not I learn, a, not, actually, I learn a lot. Yeah, I, it's not stuff it I necessarily need. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you gotta shake it up. That's what Stuart Haas Racing did with their pit crews, and it paid off on Sunday when NASCAR America returns. We will join the celebration with the four team in our pit crew review.
0: What else have you got for me? Yeah, the rookie stripe. Because- <laughs> we, we also talked about the fact that I am definitely a rookie uh, down here in the garage and on pit road. The rookie stripe is now on. Are these your cars? These are Pagani's. If Rutledge is around, we got to be careful. See me crash here. <laughs> I think this is going to be a
2: great day, guys. I've done a lot of thought, and I think it's time to go. Oh, by the
0: way, my pack, Kelly's pack here, wouldn't fit around me. She's had to have been kneeling behind me with her pack.
1: Oh, you're getting a little present here. A little water cup here.
0: Thank you. Did you catch that? You did. Okay. Look we'll at some more, please. Should you start selling it, make like a lemonade
1: stand? Yeah, we're, we're working on some business skills right now.
3: If you had access to a car like this, would you take it back right away? It's like Fer- Ferris Bueller. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Neither would I. <laughs> Bye, Rut.
3: some sights and sounds from the rain-soaked fun in New Hampshire. Another image that's worth checking out, this is Kevin Harvick's son Keelan watching his dad race for the win. I think Keelan likes it. Kevin's wife, Delena posted that video. Of course, Keelan, oh, nice. Keelan wasn't the only guy excited to see the four in Victory Lane. Let's hear from the newest member of their team in our pit crew
2: review. In the Ford car, coming back and winning
0: at New Hampshire. Great job! Great job,
2: guys. the way to it all weekend.
0: My name is Shane Papala, front tire changer in the Bush Light Ford Fusion for Stuart Haas
1: Racing. Um, this is my first week on the car, our seventh win of the season as a company. It's been an amazing ride. I can't thank everybody enough at Stuart Haas. Put together a hell of a car and capped it off with an amazing finish today.
3: Yeah, you can tell he's new. He's even got a different fire suit. Leading up to this weekend at New Hampshire, Shane Papala was one of five crew members from Stuart Haas Racing, moved to new teams. Papala was part of Kurt Busch's crew before Stuart Haas Racing made the shuffle. And on Sunday, he helped Kevin Harvick and the four-team earn their seventh win of the season, counting the All-Star Race back in May. Coming up, we will check in on our NASCAR Fantasy Live League and relive Sunday's NBC Race Team Takeover. How did they react to Kevin Harvick's bump and run? They were pretty much just like Keelan. We're gonna show (laughs) you next.
0: NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles.
3: hoping you had kevin harvick on your team in our nascar fantasy live league as for our broadcasters jeff burton has taken the lead it should come as no surprise as the race was in new hampshire where burton has won more than any other driver all right it was a lot of fun listening to the race broadcast yesterday as Burton, steve latart and dale jr called the race dressed in t-shirts here's what it looked and sounded like when Kevin Harvick made that race-deciding move on Kyle Busch.
2: You come off the corner and look in the mirror and see nothing but the hood of that Busch car. There look at he. that. Oh, he wrinkled the corner panel hit him so up. hard. Pushed him up.
1: Those are those are nudges. That's racing. down there. Do you've been doing. That's aggressive, but it's, it's good. Good hard racing.
2: Oh! he puts him out of the groove there. Oh, man! I don't know about hard racing,
0: he moves, so he moved him good there. Get away from him is all I can tell you. (laughs) You better get him.
3: So that's such a cool camera angle because you can see the guys, you know, doing that. But um, that was... We knew it was going to be good. What are you laughing at? Hey, that's like, I
2: said, that's like Keelan and his friends without the leg kick. You know what I mean? Without the leg. Give me the leg kick.
3: Give me the superstar. Have, so they might have done the leg kick and we just didn't see it. Yeah, we it. just
2: didn't see the, the leg kick. I'm sorry.
3: What would happen if we had to wear vintage racing t-shirts on the show? Nate, you would be all spun out.
2: Yeah, I
1: would too. Could I wear a concert t-shirt? Yeah. Yes. There we go. Band. Okay. Oh sleep We're at the wheel.
2: Sleep at the wheel. No. Yeah, sleep at <laughs>
3: Wait, we are onto something. Why don't we wear concert T-shirts?
2: <laughs> Listen, the sad part is I could wear my own T-shirts and they would be considered vain- vintage. <laughs> that, that's what's sad.
3: Loverboy played a pre-race concert at New Hampshire.
2: Yeah, right up your alley. Yep. Oh, it did is. it really? Yeah. yeah. Wow, I missed that. I wasn't there.
3: I know. I know. That was so crazy. (laughs) Uh, So speaking of, we had NBC Takeover, where the guys, so we didn't have Rick Allen in the booth. It was Steve Letart, Jeff Burton, and and Dale Jr. We're continuing that theme on Wednesday, because when Chase Elliott is with Dale, there is no broadcast professional sort of running the show. So that's another reason to tune in. Which is time like Eastern. every show
2: we do here at NASCAR America. There is no broadcast professional running the show. The host is just immaterial. Yeah. Exactly. I need that back. Actually. Here you go.
3: <laughs> all right. That's all for NASCAR America. For all of your NASCAR news, log on to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. And tomorrow, um, you're, Nate, you're not here I'm on not the here. show no. tomorrow? no. What are we going to do?
2: It's just me. With Big words <laughs> no Big, big words with Kyle. That's what we're playing <laughs> So tomorrow. we'll big obviously we
3: continue to break yes. down what happened at <laughs> New Hampshire, and then I don't know after that. Do we do it an hour with just the two of us?
2: <laughs> just the two of oh us. Oh,
3: my. I th- hope. I'm going to no, definitely need my song. pen back. I'll be so, watching. Thank you, Nate. Thanks. We're, so we'll be back Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. We have Scan All. We have Scan All New Hampshire, so we are safe. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern. And then don't forget Wednesday. Again, 5 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. Thanks for watching. We will see you tomorrow.